Had you actually read the email, you would know that the podcast you are about to listen to could contain explicit language and offensive content. These HR experts' views are not representative of their past, present, or future employers. If you've ever heard, my manager is unfair to me, I need you to reset my HR portal password, or can I write up my employee for crying too much? Welcome to our little safe zone. Welcome to Jaded HR. Welcome to Jaded HR, the podcast by two HR professionals who want to help you get through the workday by saying all the things you're thinking, but say them out loud. I'm Warren. I'm Cece. And Heathers is quite quitting on us. Oh, no. <laughs> no one is oh. safe. Yeah, I, I, we're, we're not even safe from our own stupid hashtag. So, no, he's just still got a lot going on in his world. But he will get back on just our, our recording schedule isn't the most convenient for his time frame right now. And especially being he gets up at oh dark 30s, he's a, one of those sickos who runs all the time. Yeah, it's like, eh. I don't understand. <laughs> I run from things. I don't run for fun. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, before we get started, I want to make a big public apology to Bill. Uh, I did. I thanked Tally, the original Jaded HR rock star, in the last episode, and I forgot to thank Bill, who is also our uh, supporter on Patreon. So you can be like Tally and Bill and support us on Patreon. This this episode is dedicated to you, Bill. So thank you very much for that contribution. So yeah, we got a lot going on. Well, there, there's a lot in the news, and I, I some of it's more interesting than others, but actually. I will go, go completely out of order what we were talking about just 10 minutes ago. I want to start with the Soundfire termination we spoke about the last episode. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, in, in a couple of tie-ins to either our last episode or one before we were talking about HR podcasts, I just accidentally stumbled across a new HR podcast, which I've subscribed to and I encourage everybody else to, but it's Corporate Pizza Party. and who is one of the hosts of it. It's our friend Dan from HR. So I've listened to a few episodes so far. I haven't downloaded the whole back catalog yet, but it's really good, y'all. Got to give it a listen. So download that on your, your favorite podcast player. So their guest on their last episode at the time of our recording this was Amy Lentz. And one thing they talked about towards the end of the podcast was the sound fire firing. And Amy seemed to have a take on it that the what was portrayed on that viral TikTok video was not as it seems. You know, I'm I can see it very much that it's not as the the president of the company said. No, we have not done any layoffs. This was purely performance driven. And now, does it change the fact that Sound uh, Sound Flare Fire, whatever their name is, did a bad job at terminating her? No, it doesn't change that fact. They they did a very bad job at doing it, but it it doesn't seem like it is what she made it seem there was not any mass layoffs or anything like that. And maybe was she even possibly waiting to be fired so she could do this video? I don't know. If so, I fell for it. Hook, line, <laughs> and sinker. Cause sometimes I'm a little jaded and sometimes I like to expect the worst, but if that's the case, I, I seem to wonder if you're someone who does one of these videos and you pose it in a way like that, 
what does that say for your future employment and like endeavors? Like exactly. you just got caught lying. So I don't know if she was lying. I don't know not, but I was just going kind of down that rabbit hole of yeah, what's what's what is Brittany Peach's next move? <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know what's up for Miss Peaches. It, it sounds like she should be working for some dollar bills. Uh, that, that, uh, but anyways, I'm, I, I, I'm not going to be mean. I, I'll be jaded. I try not to be mean. But uh, I am. You, you mentioned you fell hook, line, and sinker. I came very close to falling hook, line, and sinker for one of these HR shysters. And... Even I, I, I ended up texting you, asking you about this, this story. So I, I have a, a Google news feed that sends HR related news stories directly to me. So I don't have to search them. And one of them, and it was reported on like five or six times from various sources was a HR influencer who caught a lot of shit for slamming a Gen Z person. And this influencer is also Gen Z for their boss. They have quarterly meetings and one of them is in person at 8 a.m., once a quarter. And the, this employee couldn't make it because it's her gym time. And so the boss was expressing their frustration in the situation, and the, the influencer, you know, stood on the HR side of things. Like, look, it's your job. You can, put the, you can go to the gym earlier, later, whatever it is. But as I went into the rabbit hole of searching. And I, before I did my homework, I was texting you say, oh, this might be a good guess for the show. But I, I dug some more and I really feel that this might be one of those shysters like Dan from HR would be busting online. I don't want to say this because I know I'm old geezer, but doesn't have an HR career. Uh, their career is in content creation and movies and, and things like that, not HR. And trying to make this HR advice show and and things so i as i dug deeper and then i actually they have a podcast i listened to that podcast and oh you know i wasn't terribly impressed it's not bad but i heard the comment directly from her podcast about it and i was like yeah but the the video and then uh, it went to the new all these news agencies and then apparently she issued on tiktok an apology for her her comments I'm like, but it was an apology, not apology. But as I'm going through this, I'm like, okay, she's a content creator and a media person. I'm putting dimes to dollars that it's all fabricated and that she made the press release herself because it's really nothing. There's no there there, as they like to say. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing to make it up. It should probably never hit my news feed. And and their podcast with a whole whopping two episodes had like a thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts. I, I went oh, when I yeah. dive, I dive deep, and I could go on Fiverr and have ten thousand reviews on Apple Podcasts on Jaded HR tomorrow. Not going to do something like that. I've had enough friends, quote unquote, friends make comments on there, but uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting, and I it just makes me it irritates me so much that there's these these eight, people are portraying themselves as HR experts. Oh, and this person's also on the speakers, the speakers tour, if you will, of and course. was talking about yeah. all the places she had been. She she mentioned she spoke this place and this prestigious place several times. And I was like, yeah, this is this is all about you. It's not about HR and career advice and and things like that. So that yeah, whole HR speaker circuit is very, I don't know. Like I think we talked about it briefly before. Yeah. And very suspects. And 
it just it annoys me and it frustrates me because yes, she's probably a content creator and she probably does like all that kind of stuff. She's probably fueling this to do some kind of like a speaker's I don't know, like journey. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's kind of that thing where people are like, anyone can do HR and it's it's yeah. Exactly. Uh, that that's exactly like where that. I was going with it too. I've shared with you some ideas I have. I have I'm not gonna go public with them on Jaded HR, yet, but about these influencers and some ideas I have of my own. But anyways, speaking of HR influencers, this is not necessarily an influencer, but this comes to us from CNBC Morgan Smith from the Land the Job series. And this was published today, February 5th. And the title's a total clickbait title, the number one mistake to avoid in a job interview it gives hiring managers the biggest it, says new research. <laughs> uh, I new can see re- that research. Okay, I can't wait. Uh, well, I already what, know what it is. I don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I can just imagine and take a wild guess. Go for it. Go for it. It's probably about asking salary right off the bat. Oh, no, no. It, okay. Even before that, I, I, that's a good, good guess. It's being late, but it's being oh. late to an interview. Okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, no duh. I, the, and you haven't seen my show notes, but that's exactly what I put under. It's being late, duh. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, somebody's actually being paid to write this stuff, and I don't. I haven't done a deep dive on Morgan Smith, what her background and experiences, or where her research comes from. If it's whatever TikTok influencer or, or something like that, it's uh, it's really really. Uh, eh. It's not journalism. It's, I don't know. It's a sixth grade project, school project type thing. That, that's what I, I, I see. say, there. though, I did, I did, I was late for an interview once. Uh-oh. I know it was, it was, it was embarrassing. But at the same time, it was kind of one of those things where you leave the house super early. You like look at the traffic. You figure out how long it's going to take you to get there. And I did all of that. Cause I'm like, I, I will sit in the parking lot 15 minutes late to kill uh-huh. time rather than be late and on this day i must have been as soon as i left my house a car accident had happened on like an impassable one-way situation and by the time i figured it out it was too late i was caught in it and i was panicking and i called them and they didn't pick up and i was like oh no i emailed them i'm like this is the situation uh long story short i got the job anyway so you know we'll see I don't think being late is unrecoverable and they give some advice. You know, they say, don't ignore the situation that you were late, uh, address yeah. it. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm late, but you did all the right things. I think you, you called them. You, I, I, I've, you know, I've not been late to interview, but I've had people who are late on me and we've hired them and, and things like that. And it's, it's just all how you do it and how you present yourself yeah. after. Okay. And you know what? That's a great situational interview situation because situational situation but uh <laughs> you you were faced an obstacle and how did you react how did you overcome and things like that and yeah it it happens now i i think i have a pretty good nose for telling when somebody's giving me the old line of crap but it, you know especially when they start over explaining things so it's like okay yeah sorry there's a car accident on whatever highway and what, what have you so one day we'll, we'll have to do an episode. Uh, we've done a little bit of this in the past, but uh, uh, revisit has been so long ago. 
horrible interview situations that we've been in, either as the interviewer or interviewee. So that, that'll be a, oh, yes. good, a good situations I've, I've, I've been involved in uh, quite a few. Well, the next story I have for today comes to us from X, formerly Twitter, as they're all saying now. Someone I'm actually, you know, I've, I've gone on record. I'm a fanboy of Elon Musk, and I, I don't want to get it. I, I think he's a brilliant person for a lot of things, but he does some really boneheaded things in other ways. But here comes another person that's maybe less controversial than Elon Musk but that I'm a fanboy of, Mark Cuban. So on January 29th, he posted on X, and I'll quote it here, I've never hired anyone exclusively on race, gender, religion. I only ever hired the person that'll put my business in the best position to succeed. And yes, race and gender can be part of that equation. I view diversity as a competitive advantage. Now, how would you dot, dot, dot? And he get, you know, it's Mark Cuban. He's got a billion followers or whatever. And one of the replies was from Andrea Lucas, the EEOC commissioner. And she replies to him at Mark Cuban or M Cuban commissioner, EEOC commissioner here. Unfortunately, you're dead wrong on this black letter title seven law as a general rule, race and sex can't even be a motivating factor, nor a plus factor, a tiebreaker or a tipping point. It's important that employers understand the ground rules here. And uh, this made a lot of, this got a lot of attention on social media. Uh, Once again, people like dumping on, on billionaires, I guess that's that's a common theme. But honestly, for someone who's not in HR, not in a note, I, I can see it as a, uh, and once again, I'm a fanboy, maybe I'm making up for his comments or anything, but how many times have, uh, do you, you think, how many people actually think that's the way it should be? Yeah, it can be a tiebreaker. It can be, oh, I need to hire more fill in the blank underrepresentative group uh, there and Yes, it, it is a sometimes a conscious effort, especially if a company's in a bad situation. They need to get underrepresented groups in there. They're, they have to, you know, make some actual extra effort to do that. And uh, so, yes, it is not legal exactly what he said. But if you're not in the HR world, I don't think know how many people are going to actually say any different to, than what Mark Cuban said. So I don't know. I, I do think it's funny. He got called out by all people, the EOC commissioner uh, on this, right. but I, I have, I have my own thoughts on, on the situation. I, I do think, uh, you know, he, he had the best of intentions and he's probably doing what he hears, you know, uh, diversity yeah. is important. Always got to be, look at diverse candidates, break the glass ceilings, promote those underrepresented groups. You need more women and minorities on, in your board and on, on the higher levels of management. That's, Right. You hear that on companies everywhere, and I think he's basically, my opinion, he's basically reiterating those thoughts and, and saying, yeah, you know, maybe maybe these companies do need to make a, a better effort to it. So anyways, not making excuses for him, but I did think that of all people to be called out by, the EEOC commissioner is is pretty good there. Well, again, anyone can do HR. <laughs> oh, yes, anybody. It's easy. Anyone. As long as you like people. It's, it's just easy. a very, it's just very nuanced. So it's like, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's just, he comes from that space of 
this is what's been regurgitated to him. This is what he's been, you know, he's, he's coming at, dare I say, the layman yeah. uh, of it. And yeah, so I, I get that. But yeah, that's why that's why you need that's why you need HR in your corner so they can yes. help you not post things like that. And- <laughs> I would be curious, and I'm not on X or anything like that, so I'd be curious to know if he followed up on that. Uh, oh, thanks for sending me straight, or oh, I, I didn't know. I, I really appreciate. It. I wonder what what, or if he just ignored it. I don't know what happened there. But there were like 1,500 replies at the time. I forget who I got this from actually, where I found it from. But at that time, there were 1,500 replies or. Yeah, 1,500 plus, and I'm sure there was more after that. So, yeah. That's so the, funny. The final story I have for today, and it's funny because Feathers and I have a, a connection to both Mark Cuban and this next person, John Hyman, has a second nominee in the month of January. He had two nominees for uh, Worst Employer, so he's like on the roll now. Nice. Uh, I was going to say, we're at two? Yeah. uh, And this is a repeat offender, his first ever repeat offender. And this is from, I'll go ahead and say it, East Carolina alumni, Vince McMahon. Uh, (laughs) He has made the list for uh, a second time. I'll I'll read a little bit of what John Hyman wrote. Uh, Trade Shift CEO who was fired last year for gross misconduct on multiple grounds after management became aware of serious allegations of sexual uh, assault and harassment. According to the lawsuit, the plaintiff claims that she was to, quote, submit to her master in all ways and be, quote, sexually available for her master when he needs sex and never to refuse him sex and to accept whatever punishment he chose to dole out, dole out, quote, without being angry, sullen, or frustrated with her master, and she must thank him after. It gets worse. The, well, I'm oh, not the it, details. Yeah. It, it gets much worse. Uh, I, I don't want to go there for this show. This agreement also required her, according to the lawsuit, to dress in proper feminine way and keep her weight between 130 and 155 pounds and to send him weekly spreadsheets of her progress. Now, Vince McMahon vehemently denies these allegations, claiming it's an ex-girlfriend who were in a a consensual relationship. But however, it it doesn't go too well that she has a copy of this quote-unquote slave contract that he has presented as part of her complaint. So this is his first ever second nominee. He hired this person, Janelle Grant, for sex. He coerced her to sign a $3 million non-disclosure agreement after his now ex-wife, I think, found out about their affair. But then he stiffed her on the final $2 million. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The parent company uh, of WE uh, released a statement. We take these horrific allegations very seriously and that they're addressing the matter internally. So Vince McMahon resigned and... He goes on to say that the lawsuit is a bunch of BS, but. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think. I think. Okay, so what I was listening to a podcast earlier where they were kind of going over this whole thing and the thing that cracks. I mean, it didn't crack me up. The whole thing is like really whatever. The thing that popped out to me was that she had approached him because I guess they had people in common and they said, hey, why don't you talk to Vince? Because he can help hook you up with a job because she was in between jobs. And 
it was a quid pro quo situation. She ended up sleeping with him and he promised her a really good paying job. And the job that he gave her out of the gate apparently was like an entry level position. And I'm like, first of all, gross. Second of all, <laughs> entry level? Sell yourself like, a little bit higher. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, no, but then there's the crazy stuff about how he, I, I think he had a business partner, not a partner, but someone else he was working with where he, it was it's sex trafficking now because he yeah. had forced her to have sex with him. And now he's coming back and saying that because of the power dynamic of who Vince McMahon was, he felt pressured that he had to have sex with her. Oh, I didn't and hear therefore, that side of it. His hands were tied behind his back. Like he had to. Like, oh. So so there's that whole thing too. It's a wild story. And I'm kinda I'm I'm happy that she, you know, first of all, a non disclosure agreement where he didn't even pay her what he agreed on. So <laughs> screw that NDA. Um yeah. what he burn it to the ground, it's worth nothing. But at the same time, like I'm glad that she's getting justice that she deserves because this is so horrific and that guy it, is a creep it, he he is a great a creep and it goes i did i left out some of the details i found there on both john hyman's site and elsewhere i mean it's it gets it, it gets pretty horrible there's there's no two ways oh, it's about dark. it yeah but i, I <laughs> This is going to make a, a, a great Dateline NBC or something like that at, at some point. And I will be I will be watching that Dateline NBC with with this story. It's just like to to make this slave contract, actually have it in writing and give her a copy of it. I mean, what else? I mean, not, to, not to be snarky, but isn't the number one rule? Don't put anything in writing. Yeah. It's everything's discoverable. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, I just, when people do something this stupid, it just makes me wonder not what were they thinking, but how does, how does their mental thought process work? I, I, yeah. I, I don't under, this will be, oh, I'll put this in writing that, uh, or, or, Especially, let's have you sign this NDA, but and then not pay her the final two million dollars. I mean, gee whiz, this is this is us all too. I don't know. I don't know what the right. I often is, think so. at like, at what point in the corporate ladder do you or does someone feel like they are untouchable? Because it's insane how he just thought this was fine. Like, yep. at, at what point? Do you have that power where you're just like, no, nah, I can get away with this. It's fine. It's a complete disconnect from reality. You think you're above the law. You think that you can get away with this and nobody else is going to find out. I mean, that that's some real egomania there that is just, wow. I, I, I mean, I'm the type of person, I I jaywalked in a city uh, this past weekend and um. I, I, I was like, I, I, I even had to justify myself to my son as we're doing, I was like, well, the, the sidewalks under construction over there and we need to get here. I'm not going to go back. So let's just, you know, go across the street. And, uh, this city is known for actually busting people for jaywalking. Uh, but, um, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, 
I'll roll the dice on that one. But I, you know, that's that's the type of nerdy person I am. I feel guilty for doing stupid like, things like that. I I don't speed. I I set my cruise control. I drive like a grandpa. Uh, my kids and wife will tell you, I put my cruise control on like maybe five over, sometimes 10 over, uh, if it's like an interstate and I'll just sit there and cruise. And I, I just, I don't, my mind just can't get to that point of thinking at all. And I don't, I think it is a severe mental illness. If somebody's mind can get to that point to, to justify this in any stretch of the imagination. I mean, really? And like I said, we're talking among the milder things, uh, sexual trafficking in this case yeah it's 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 crazy so and i think he's the same it's the same new york court that also busted like apparently they apparently they're very hard like they good 90 percent of the people are like always charged but it's the same one who did the nexium i don't know if you remember that whole thing but like i I watched the movie or the the documentary (laughs) oh and then this is a weird thing because I I was very into that whole all the documentaries because I'm like if there was ever a cult that I would have gotten into it would have been Nexium because it was all like leadership development and it was all like professional development stuff I'm like I'm a sucker for that that's like my bread and butter I would have been sucked into that cult <laughs> oh oh gosh well thank goodness you did not <laughs> nah. but. That gives me an idea for a podcast. Cult members in your work. I, I'm sure people have dealt with it. If you're in, in certain areas of the country that have a higher propensity to cult activities, my, my area, we don't have any uh, of those. Those people are in the swamp dead now, I think. So uh, <laughs> the, the, things like that don't happen in Eastern North Carolina. Not for long. They happen once. Uh, and uh, but, I just... I always say, like, there's always culty things happening. Like, it might not yeah. be a cult, but I do see, I've seen coworkers in the past where I'm like, are you in a cult? Um, and I used to work with this guy, and I, I don't know what your opinions are on Dave Ramsey, <laughs> but he followed Dave Ramsey to a T to the point where, like, he, we have an amusement park here, like, literally around the corner. And because he had like the season pass, he got like the meal pass, he would leave the office, go into the theme park, have his lunch because it was already paid for. And then he would come back to the office. Like that's how committed he was to this. Uh, yeah. And that, that's a good point because, you know, you think cults, you think of the Nexiums, you think of the, um, Gosh, what was the one that uh, the Hale Bop Comet people that, that you think of all these really the Manson family, you think of all these wild crazy, but there's some like really benign cults out there too that they'll never make the news just because they're not doing anything stupid. But there, there's some, and, and hell, uh, a friend of mine who, who's been on this podcast is called, he is into CrossFit and he calls it a cult. It is a cult mindset. Uh, but he, and, he says that cult mindset makes him keep going each, every time. And, you know, he's my age and he is a, a picture of health other than he smokes like a chimney. But uh, other than that, he he's a, a, a complete picture of healthy, you know, I, I admire it very much. And it's made me thought, man, maybe that's something I could uh, do, but I'm, I'm not going to drive somewhere to be tortured and things like that. I think that's, that's behind me. 
<gasps> well, I think there's a fine line. This would be this would be an interesting thing to dive into. And now I want to I want to ask people like what organizations have you worked for where the corporate culture has turned a little culty? And I feel like you see that with a lot of these companies that kind of like fell apart and there's like secrets being kept and there is like, you know, I don't know. I I feel like there's something there. Like, I feel like there's something there. There is. But before we end the podcast, two things. Our four-year anniversary is coming up. We'll be starting season five, April 1. And I think we'll be actually dropping a new episode on that exact date, April 1, if my calendar memory is correct. But uh, we want to do an Ask Me Anything episode again. We did it at the end of season one, Patrick and I. We only got like a handful of AMA questions sent our way, but reach out to us on social media, the Instagram account, DM us your AMA question, no matter how dumb, how stupid you want to ask. I don't know, something personal, want to get a stupid reaction out of us. I don't care. Go for it. And I'm, I've got some plans for this episode. So go ahead and any ideas you have, put it out there. We'll have a Ask Me Anything episode for our fourth anniversary in April. So hard to believe we're, we're, we're wrapping up four years, I guess. So we're finishing up yeah, season four, going into season yeah. five. So yeah, two things. Once again, want to thank Bill for sponsoring us on Patreon. This episode is dedicated to you. So hope you like it. (laughs) And not to forget Hallie, our uh, jaded HR rock star, the original. And you can follow the show notes and our links in our show notes to go to our Patreon and go to our Instagram where you can send us a DM. I'm going to work on, we had a a phone number once. I'm going to work on getting that back up or a phone number if it's not the same one. So you can text us your feedback. I want to have Going forward, a lot more audience interaction. I haven't, I haven't asked for a lot, but we haven't had any listener emails in a very long time. So if you have a crazy story you want to share, put it in an email, get it to us somehow. We'll, we'll get it on the air. But yeah, definitely want your input for this Ask Me Anything episode, Ask Us Anything episode, and see what we can do for that. So our best practice of the day is don't put your slave contracts in writing, your employees in writing. That's your best practice okay. for today. <laughs> yeah, just now. No, those are best in verbal agreement. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But we want to thank Andrew Culpa, the voice artist who does our intro. And the intro outro music is Devil with the Devil by the Underscore Orchestra. As always, I'm Warren. I'm Cece. And we're helping you survive HR one what the fuck moment at a time.